Welcome to another episode of Touched by Nessie, where we have been touched to touch lives. If you're listening to me today, it means you're in the right place at the right time to be touched by God. I'm your good newscaster, Vanessa, and I'm here to share the good news with you so we can go together. Come along with me and let's get touched. Amen. (laughs) Okay, I'm really excited for today's episode and... I want to start off with a story before anything else, okay? So, about a few years ago, I was in senior high school and I had the privilege of being an SLC executive while I was in school. And we had the opportunity of meeting our patron, which we did at least once every term, to share our plans as SLC executives. I was with other ladies with him and how we intend to help the student body and everything. And we had had people tell us that, oh, during visiting, so I went to a boarding school. The school is unusually quiet, okay, and they would want the school to be very lively or very exciting to help people with their parents to dance, etc. So we told our patron that, oh, we would like to hire a DJ <laughs> to play some music during visiting. To keep the entertainment and the ambience, one that is very congenial, friendly, and open. And our patron was so excited about the plan. He even gave us the go-ahead to do it. So about a week, it was just like a week to visit him. We quickly got a DJ, paid him, he came. Visiting day started and, oh, by the middle of the day, the DJ had already started playing some music. So everybody was happy. I was, we were hearing great responses from the students. <laughs> everybody was saying, oh, the school is not boring anymore. They are very happy about it. And all of a sudden, <laughs> one of our assistant head teachers came to the school from her home. She didn't leave on campus yet. And she was complaining about the noise that we had turned the school into a nightclub and we were making serious noise. She was looking for the culprits, the, the people who were responsible for making such noise and turning the school into a beatbox center. And news reached us that the head teacher is looking for us, all the SRC executives. Oh my God. At that moment, I was eating, so I just left my food and rushed, dressed, and got to her. And she was infuriated. She was annoyed. She was speaking out of spite and saying so many headphones. And she, it felt like we were being threatened. I don't know about the other years, but personally for me, I'd never put myself in such a situation before. You know, I was one of those, let's be good, let's finish school and then move on. But I was like, in this state where I'd gotten into trouble, serious trouble, and so much so that she was threatening to let us go to the disciplinary committee and what was saving us was that we were saying we had spoken to our patron about it and we had gotten the go-ahead from him if not we're going to dc we're going to be debordernized i'm very sure that would have lost probably lost our, our places 
as students of the school because she was very much annoyed and that that evening I couldn't sleep I was so troubled I, I thought the end had come I I really was praying and wishing that the, the ground should open and I just I just entered because I, I couldn't imagine like my mommy hearing that at at my, my perfect bath had been taken away from me I was going to be debodernized and all the situations that are going to come up with this, it was a huge deal for me. And what even worsened the matters was, was that in the week to come, when our patron was asked if we really told him about our plans, he, he denied it. He said he didn't know anything about it. He said that we acted on our own will and I, I just lost it. I, I, I just lost it. I, I, I felt so alone. I felt so betrayed. It was huge for me and as a senior high school student, it felt like nothing can beat that. You know, nothing could beat that. I felt I have disappointed people, especially my mother. I, I felt that like the end had come. I, I, I thought I, I wouldn't see another day. It, it all for me was like the curtains are drawing here. It was a huge storm for me. And I felt like disciples on the boat with Jesus. The storms are so much. The sound is is, is beating and it's 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 causing so much turmoil in that inside. And as I lay on the bed reminding myself, I had the Holy Spirit ask me that will you survive? Will you survive? And and that's the title of today's meeting, today's podcast. We're going to talk about surviving the storms. I want us to pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the opportunity to understand your word. We pray your Holy Spirit will come and teach us, reveal to us, to see Christ even through the scriptures. Father, I pray that even as we listen to this word, your spirit will go ahead of us and calm every storm in the life of any man. I pray it brings illumination to people. Father, I pray, oh God, that doors be open and as your voice is going to speak to men, Father, change people's stories. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Get to understand what a theme is all about. What's a storm? A storm is a violent disturbance of the atmosphere with strong winds, usually rain, thunder, lightning, or even snow. Another definition from the Oxford says that a storm is an atmospheric disturbance ranging from ordinary rain showers to sandstorms. Amen. And, and this highlights the fact that two things are involved. There is a disturbance. It means that an equilibrium is broken. It means that you are not in the state for which you used to be in. It means that there has been a change. And unfortunately, this change is not a good one. It's, it's one that is going to bring a dramatic sh- shift okay, in, in how you, you live your life. And... It can be very little, like ordinary rain showers, you know, something small to shake the foundations of your relationship with God. But sometimes it's very huge. It, it feels like it's not going to end. Sometimes it's like you're putting so much effort in your business and you're not seeing results. Customers are not coming, but the person by you seems to drag all the customers that 
are happening in, in, your, in your locality. Sometimes it's about studies. You are trying to study so hard. You, you study all the books that you are made to do. And at the end of the day, you can't even remember what you studied. That can be a storm. And that storm can be that for the past three years, you've got the degree, you've got the qualification, but you cannot seem to get a job. That can be your storm. A storm is anything that can shake the foundations of your relationship. Anything that can disturb the atmospheric equilibrium of your Christianity. That is a storm. And the thing about storms are... They, they sometimes don't even tell you they are coming. And before you realize, a storm has just happened to you. Just like the disciples, they, they were just on the boat going with Jesus to the other side. And before they realized, the clouds began to gather. And then there was the lightning, there was the thunder, and there was the disturbance. And truth be told, a, a storm is no respect of persons. Whether you are black or white, tall or short, dark or fair, a storm will come for you. And I'm really excited about Jesus because Jesus didn't promise us a smooth journey as Christians or as believers. He, he's a man who does not lie. Throughout scripture, we see him tell us that it's going to get tough. It's, it's not going to be fine. In, in John chapter 15, let, let's read some scripture. In John chapter 15, in verse number 18, we see him tell us that the, hell, the world is going to hate us. So he says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, the world is going to hate you. And so we see one of the perpetrators of storms. That is the world and it's going to hate you. And people who hate people always plan evil for them. In chapter 16, we see again him telling us that, Truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You'll be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is given birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. The thing about God is that he tells us the truth. The truth that the storms will come, sad times will come. There will be times you would feel pain. But this is the good news. He says that in that day, he says, he says that I will see you again and your heart will rejoice. And no one will take this joy away from you. In chapter 16 verse 33, he says that I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That is the good news, beloved, that in spite of the storms that we go through, we have a hope, we have peace, we have one that stays by us. But let me not get ahead of myself. Let's talk more about these storms. Now, let's talk about the characteristics of storms. One, storms are, can be spontaneous. When we say a storm is spontaneous, it means that you cannot control it, okay? It just happened out of the blue. And most of the times, these are storms that are as a result of the manipulations of the evil one. Storms that are brought about by the world. Storms that are brought about by the enemy, the devil. Truth be told, the enemy is always waking something up, you know. Whether it's the jollof of pain or the fried rice of sorrow or even the banku of heartbreak, you know. <laughs> the enemy is always up to something cooking he's he's always scheming he's he's always manipulating he's he's always fixing up storms for your life you know whether they are hail storms or snow storms or rain storms or wind storms he's always busy 
busy with the business of your downfall. And so scripture says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, that be sober-minded and alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He's always scheming. So sometimes the storms that we face in life are because of the manipulations of the enemy, because of the schemes of the devil, because he's not satisfied with you being happy in this life. He's not satisfied that you found Christ and you are enjoying him. He just wants to shake the foundations of your relationship. That is a spontaneous storm. The second is a seasonal storm. When we say seasons, it means that it has a beginning and it has an end. And so in Ghana, we have the rainy season and then we have the dry season. The good news about the seasons are that, as I said, they have a beginning and they have an end. And so this is the assurance that we have, that the storms are not permanent. Storms of life are never meant to be permanent. It's just because you are in this particular season of your life that this storm has come. Sometimes these storms come to help you grow, to build endurance, to help you elevate yourself to the next level of your Christian growth. And so they have come. And so in the book of Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4, we see that Jesus was going through another phase of his life. In Matthew 4, he had just been baptized by John the Baptist and... He had been conferred the yana of the sonship of God. Scripture says that God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But he hadn't started ministry yet. He had to go through the wilderness. He had to go through that hard place, that dry place, that lonely place. Storms can be lonely. Very true. And it was in, in that particular place that the enemy came after him. It was in those places that the enemy sought to devour him. And the enemy tempted him. For 40 days, Christ had not eaten. And he was very hungry, actually. Scripture made it very clear. <laughs> Remember that Christ was in the form of man when he was being tempted by the evil one. So we read in Luke chapter 4 that, And Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. For 40 days, being tempted by the devil... And he ate nothing during those days. And when they ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, the devil is up again. But I just want you to know that it was just for a period, you know. The trial, the temptation that Jesus went through was just for a period. And Jesus came out victorious. Beloved, you would come out victorious. That storm will not overcome you. You are going to get bigger and better than the storm in the name of Jesus. Another time again, we see in scripture that just before Christ took to the cross, <laughs> he met another storm. He, he was battling how difficult it's going to be to, to once again mount that cross for us. Not that he was regretting the decision, oh no, but he could realize that it was a cup that he really would have wished that it would pass him by. So he went to the place of prayer and he cried to the Father. In Matthew chapter 26 verse 39, saying to the Father, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And this prayer alone is enough to let you know that Jesus faced a storm 
once more. And so it makes so much sense when Hebrews 4.15 says that we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us in our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Yet the storm did not overcome him. God knows what he says. Jesus knows what he says when he says that he is king over the storms in your life. Because he's been through it before and he overcame. Beloved, you will overcome. Another characteristic of a storm is a storm is consequential. By consequential, it means that they are the consequences of our actions, usually out of disobedience or out of our own choices. And so something like someone like Samson and Delilah, the story of Samson and Delilah in Judges chapter 16, we see that it was Samson's choice to tell Delilah the source of his strength. It was Samson's life of sexual immorality that got him to the point where he faced the storm. The storm where he lost his strength. The storm where the Lord had left him. The storm where his enemies had had him. And they had gorged out his eyes. And they had took him captive, bound him, bitten him, put him in prison. That storm was not any manipulation of the enemy. No, that storm was out of the consequences of his actions. Same for Jonah. Jonah had been given clear instructions from the Lord. Jonah chapter 1. That Jonah go to the city of Nineveh and proclaim the message to them of their coming damnation. But Jonah says, "Mm -mm, I'm resisting this. I'm going to another country. I'm going to Tashish. And the Lord sent a storm because it was out of his disobedience that a storm came. Sometimes the storms we are facing in life are as a result of our actions and even sometimes our inactions. And the last thing I want you to know about a storm is that most importantly, storms are temporary. Storms are temporary. The assurance is this, that we know that every storm has an expiry date. So just as that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will not pass away. Beloved, your storm will pass away. There is an expiry date to what we are going through. And that end has come. Hallelujah. The timeline of your storm is equivalent to or proportional to your knowledge in dealing with them. Your storms are not meant to take over you. Ha. You are meant to take over your storm and stand your ground. And that's what Jesus did. Now let's understand why we go through storms. If we say God loves us, if God came to die for us, sometimes I, I ask myself, if God came to die for me, why would he make me go through storms? Why do I face these challenges? If I'm a child of God, why am I suffering? Why, 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 why am I heartbroken? Why is my family broken apart? Why are my friends betraying me? Why do I feel lonely? Why do I feel like the end has come and I have no one to help me out? Why is there a storm in my life? I just want you to know that going through a storm is a privilege. An outward declaration of God saying that I believe in you 
and I know you are well able to overcome it. Seems ironic, right? That the profession of God's faith in you is through a trial, is through a storm. That's the truth, actually. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says something that no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with a temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Hallelujah. No temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. I'll talk about the faithfulness of God very soon. But I just want you to know that you will not be tempted beyond your ability. God made you. He made you in his image. He understands all your strengths, all your weaknesses. He knows your form. He knows every fiber of your being. And God is saying that I know my daughter, I know my son is well able to overcome the storm. It's just like when God was announcing to the enemy when he came to join him, when the saints had gathered that, have you considered my son Job? God is recommending you and God is proud of you. He's, he's telling you in that storm that, my beloved, I know you can overcome. I know you can endure. I know that I've given you everything you need to stand over your storm. The storm is not meant to overtake you once more. Going through a storm is a privilege from God. Number two, storms sometimes happen because you have been recommended by God, as I was saying. God is just telling other people that I have a son. I have a daughter. Have you considered her? And the enemy is out there telling the Lord that, oh, your son or daughter is what she or he is today because you have covered him, you have protected him. So God makes sure that you are protected. Even when you're going through your storm, he has a way of escape for you. He doesn't want you to fall in that storm and die in it. Never. That is never the purpose of God, that we die in our storms. No. But he just wants to put to the enemy that you are taught, you are, you are tough, you are strong enough. That whatever he has been saying concerning your life is true. And no storm can change your mind. Number three, storms come to assess or build our faith. Matthew chapter 8 verse 26. And he said that, and he said to them, why are you afraid, O ye of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. And the man marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? The thing about storms is that they're just there to help you grow in your faith. You don't learn about patience by always having patient situations all around you. If God wants to teach you about patience, he gives you an opportunity to learn or to go through it. And so you give you a situation that will require patience. You don't learn about love when everybody around you loves you. God teaches you about love when your enemies surround you and you have to love them. That is when you learn about love. You don't learn about peace by sitting in a peaceful situation. You learn about peace when everything surrounding you is like they are caving you in. It's like there's so much pressure being built around you. But you stand up and you declare to yourself, ah, that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. 
And that is what guards my heart and my mind. That is how you learn about peace. And so God teaches us these aspects of him by giving us situations that will help reflect those attributes of him. And so to build our faith, God gives us trials. Storms and trials are an avenue to build our faith. Number four, storms come to build our endurance. In the book of James chapter 1 verse 2, scripture says that count it all joy, my brethren, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Hallelujah. The storms that come in our lives, whether they are consequential, whether they are spontaneous or they are seasonal, they come to help us build endurance, to help us stand, to, to help us be steadfast. Other scriptures say steadfastness. To help us stand firm in our faith. They give us an opportunity to stand firm in our faith. Number five, storms help reveal God to us. And this is one of my personal favorites. This is one of the reasons of having a storm that always encourages me, actually. Because it's in a storm that we see more of God. It's in a storm that we are made to depend on God. It's in a storm that we come to realize that by our strength shall no man prevail. It's in a storm that we come to realize that trusting in horses and chariots will only make matters worse. Just like my story in senior high school, my patron failed me. I had put my trust in him that he would come through for me. But in the moment when I needed him the most, he failed me. He wasn't there for me and he left me to wallow in my sorrow. But Jesus will never do that to you. Jesus shows you more of himself in your storm. He makes you know that he's dependable, that you can rely on him. He makes you know that in your storm, when you need a provider, he's your Jehovah Jireh. He makes you know that in your storm, when you need a healer, he's your Jehovah Rapha. He makes you know that in your storm, when you need someone to stand by you, he is the ever faithful one. He makes you realize that he who trusts in the Lord will never be put to shame. He makes you realize that in your storm, when you need protection, he's your protector. When you need preservation, he's your preserver. Anytime you go through a storm, and even at the end of the storm, you realize that you have grown through the knowledge of Jesus, the knowledge of God, because storms are meant to reveal more of God to you. Because in the place of a storm is an avenue for prayer. You go on your knees and you tell the Lord that, Daddy, I can't. <laughs> I've reached my wit's end. I can't. I've gotten to the end of myself. I need you. I need Jesus. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can save. And so in the book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 26, and even in the story of Jesus in the storm, the disciples realized that, They've tried so hard. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure as they were setting sail, they did everything possible. They, they, they turned the, the, the sails, they changed the, the directions of the winds and everything, and they realized they couldn't. They, they had to wake that man in that boat up. They had to get him to get up. They had to go and see Jesus and tell Jesus that, hey, Jesus, daddy, Jesus, brother, Jesus, there is a storm in my face and I need you. 
we have to get to that point in our lives where we are able to use these storms to help us see more of the Lord. God is telling you something in your storm. The question is, are you listening? Are you hearing him? God does not bring storms or storms do not come into your life to cause you to be forsaken. Scripture says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's right there with you in your storm. He's right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. He's in those moments with you. But like a ship, the question is, what are you holding firmly into in that storm? Who is that anchor of yours in that storm? Is it Jesus? Or is it man? Is it Jesus or is your own potential? Is it Jesus or is your own talent? Is it Jesus or is your own strength? Is it Jesus or are your feelings are that which are driving you in your storm? The songwriter says that, will your anchor hold in the storms of life? When the clouds unfold and their wings of strife, when the strong tides lift and their cable strain, will your anchor hold or firm remain? Is your anchor Jesus in your storm tonight? God never wills that we go through a storm. But when we do find ourselves in one, he's always right there with us. But are we willing to make him be our anchor in our storms. Beloved, I don't know the storm you're going through. God wants something better for you than your storm. He wants to be there for you. God is mighty to save. All you need to do is just call onto him. And so today we're going to be ending with why storms. In the next couple of weeks, we're talking about how we can overcome storms and we're going even more in depth into all the various case scenarios of storms in the bible we'll take three case scenarios a scenario of jonah when he was going through a storm a scenario of jesus when he was going through a storm a scenario also of paul when he was going through a storm and we want to learn from them how did they survive the storm what helped them for those who didn't survive why couldn't they survive and would grow more in our knowledge in dealing with storms. As we are about to end, I just want to play a song. And as a song is playing, I just want you to meditate on the lyrics. And then we pray and then we close. So for tonight, buddy, we pray for ourselves. I pray for every single person going through a storm. Father, I pray that you carry your voice through the wither of the wind and we hear you out. Father, we pray for the strength to always know that you are by our side and you never let us go. 
We pray, O oh God, that we will come to know you more, even in the storms of our lives. We thank you that we have made you the anchor of our lives. That we are growing each day, one step closer to becoming more like you, Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray so much thanksgiving. Amen. If you loved today's episode or you have any testimonies you'd like to share or prayer requests you'd like us to help you pray about, you can DM us on our Instagram page at underscore touchedbynessie or write to us on our email touchedbynessie at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, comment and follow our Instagram page at underscore touchedbynessie for more Holy Ghost life transforming Christian content. And oh, subscribe to our podcast too at Touch by Nessie. Stay blessed, stay touched. Touch by Nessie, touched to touch lives.